For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Hebraic Bible Prophecy. This is part four of the series. So the prophecy to the northern kingdom is that they would believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. That's why Yeshua said in John chapter 10 verse 16, Other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, and they will hear my voice. After the northern kingdom receives me as the Messiah, then in the fullness of time, there'll be one fold and one shepherd. And that prophecy gets fulfilled at the second coming of Yeshua. Hosea chapter 2 verse 23, it says, I will sow her unto me in the earth, and I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy. And I will say to them which were not my people, you are my people, and they will say, you are my God. Now the book of 1 Peter is written to the northern kingdom in exile. We can tell that by the words that are written in this letter. Let's look at it more closely. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 says, you also are lively stones or build up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices is acceptable to God by Jesus Christ or Yeshua HaMashiach. Now notice this, which in time past were not a people. How do you say not a people in Hebrew? Loami. Who in time past were not a people? The northern kingdom. In Hosea 1, the prophecy is you're not my people. But now you are the people of God. Meaning you will now believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. You had not obtained mercy. What people had not obtained mercy? The northern kingdom in Hosea 1 and their judgment. But now you have obtained mercy fulfilling Hosea chapter 2 verse 23. So you can see he's writing to a people and the only way that the words he's saying can be true is if they are of the northern kingdom because those words were written to the northern kingdom. First Peter chapter 1 verse 1 says Peter an apostle or you might think of it this way he's a fisherman fishing for the exiles of Israel to the strangers scattered who are scattered in the nation the exiles of Israel. Why are they strangers? Because they went from being as people at Mount Sinai to no mercy not my people. They're strangers scattered. Notice we're being told where they're living and he's addressing those exiles in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. You know Paul wrote a letter to the Galatians. There were those from the northern kingdom who lived in Galatia. And now he says regarding them, you are elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the spirit unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Yeshua HaMashiach. Now how can we further prove that this 
this letter was written to the northern kingdom because in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 13 it says the church that is at Babylon. You see the word church that is? It's in italics which means it's not in the text. What the text says is the at Babylon elected together with you salute you. Who is in Babylon that is elect that's elected with those in Galatia? And who is called in the Bible elect? He's writing to the northern kingdom because he's saying hey by the way the southern kingdom who is in Babylon elected together with you they also salute you we see elect means picked out or chosen in Israel or the house of Jacob is referred to as the elect of the God of Israel Isaiah 45 verse 4 for Jacob my servant's sake and Israel my elect this is the Hebrew word bacher which means choice one chosen or elect of God first Peter chapter 2 verse 9 Peter is writing and saying these words but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation a peculiar people those are the words that were said to the house of Jacob at Mount Sinai for you are a holy people unto the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. First Peter chapter 1 verse 10. The prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come upon you. Who did the prophets prophesy that grace would come upon? It was the exiles of Israel. The graces that they would be forgiven of their sins. The Messiah would come and redeem them. And so we see a couple scriptures where the prophets prophesied of the grace that would come to the northern kingdom. In Jeremiah 31 verse 20 is Ephraim, that is northern kingdom, my dear son, is he a pleasant child? For since I spoke against him, in Hosea he was spoken against. I do earnestly remember him still. I will surely have mercy upon him, says the Lord. Hosea 2.23 written to the northern kingdom, I will sow her unto me in the earth and I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy. First Peter chapter 1 verse 18 he's writing and he's saying to these of the northern kingdom, scattered in the areas mentioned for as much as you know you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition from your fathers you see the people that he's writing to he's saying that you have a tradition from your fathers which you're not saved by that tradition what is that tradition it is what we call today rabbinic Judaism we call it the Mishnah or the oral law the oral law the Mishnah the Talmud is referred to as the tradition and he's writing them and he's saying you're not saved by that you're saved by the precious blood of Messiah as a lamb without blemish and without spot. First Peter chapter 2 verse 25 he's writing and he's explaining that you were as sheep going astray. How did they go astray? They broke the covenant. They got exiled in the nations of the world. You were going astray but you have now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your soul. How did they return to him? Because Yeshua is the lawgiver. He gave the law at Mount Sinai. They didn't keep his covenant. They were exiled in the nations but now he's receiving his forgiveness of sins by him shedding his blood on the tree and they're returning believing he's the Messiah. Jeremiah 50 verse 6 and verse 17 my people have been lost sheep. You were a sheep going astray. Their shepherds have caused them to go astray. Israel is a scattered sheep for as the king of Assyria has devoured him. Paul wrote to the ten tribes in Rome. Romans chapter 9 verse 24 through 26 even us whom he has called not of the Jews only but also 
of the Gentiles. Not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles, as he says in Hosea. Wait a second. Gentiles, as he says in Hosea? The book of Hosea wasn't written to Gentiles. So when he says you've been called, and he says not of the Jews only, but the Gentiles, as he says in Hosea, the context of the word Gentile here is the northern kingdom. As he says in Hosea, I will call them my people which were not my people, and her beloved which were not beloved. And it will come to pass that in the place where it was said, you are not my people, there they shall be called the children of the living God. Now Paul is going to go on to explain in Romans 10 and Romans 11 how the northern kingdom, when they receive Yeshua as Messiah, they have a mandate to provoke the southern kingdom or Judah to jealousy. Romans chapter 10 verse 19, but I say, did not Israel, that's referring here to Judah or the southern kingdom, didn't they know? For first Moses said, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people. And so the prophecy is in Exodus chapter 32 and verse 21 where Moses or the Torah prophesied that Judah would be provoked up to jealousy by a people who would be regarded as not a people. Who became regarded as not a people? The northern kingdom. Hosea chapter 1. And by a foolish nation will I anger you. Why is the northern kingdom called a foolish nation? Because they don't want to follow Torah. So a people who doesn't want to follow Torah yet will believe that I'm the Messiah is going to cause you to be jealous. But not when they don't follow Torah or they got to cause the Jew to be jealous. It's only when they return to Torah that Judah will become jealous. Deuteronomy 32 verse 21. They have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God. They have provoked me to anger with their vanities and I will move them to jealousy with those that are not a people. So Paul then says in Romans chapter 10 verse 20. Isaiah is very bold when he made this declaration. I have found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that ask not of me. He's quoting Isaiah 65 verse 11. I am sought of them that ask not for me. I am found of them that sought me not. I said, behold me, behold me unto a nation not called by my name. Who's a nation not called by his name? The northern kingdom in their judgment. Hosea chapter 1. So Paul then explains, has God cast away Judah, the southern kingdom, the Jewish people? The answer is no. Has God cast away his people? God forbid. For I am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. And he identifies with the southern kingdom. So he hasn't cast them away. Look, I'm a believer. I'm Jewish. And I say, have they stumbled that they should fall? Did the southern kingdom or the Jews not realize that Yeshua is the Messiah so that they would be eternally condemned? God forbid. But rather through their fall, salvation has come unto the Gentiles to provoke them to jealousy. The context of what he's explaining, the Gentiles that salvation has come unto is the northern kingdom who would believe that Yeshua is Messiah and would be called sons of the living God. Romans chapter 11 verse 12 and verse 15. Now if the fall of them be riches of the world, well how did the world get rich because Judah didn't believe he's the Messiah? Because all the whosoever's in the world had an opportunity to be grafted in and receive Yeshua as the Messiah through the fall. And the diminishing of them, the riches of the Gentiles, that is the northern kingdom, got to believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. How much more their fullness or when Judah does believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. For if the casting away of them, that is Judah or Jews not believing that Yeshua is the Messiah, meant the reconciliation of the world, what shall be the receiving of them? What will be the case when the southern kingdom or the Jewish people believe that Yeshua is the Messiah? This will be the result. Life from the dead. But what life from the dead is he talking about? The prophecy in the prophets that the dead bones of Ezekiel 37, the whole house of Israel, that they will come to life and they will leave the nations where they've been exiled and return back to the land 
land of Israel. That's the resurrection of the dead. So Ezekiel chapter 37, it talks about dry bones. Verse 11, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Now we go on to see the resurrection from the dead. It says, Ezekiel 37 verses 12 through 14, therefore prophesy, say to them, thus says the Lord God, O my people, I will open your graves. See, that's a resurrection from the dead. I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Where's the graves? The nations of the world where they've been scattered. Bring you back to the land of Israel. And you will know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves. That is a prophecy that they will know that Jesus is the Messiah when he's gathered the exiles of Israel. Oh, my people and brought you up out of your graves. And I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will place you into your own land. In Jeremiah chapter 11, verses 16 and 17, the literal house of Jacob is likened to an olive tree. Jeremiah 11, verse 16, the Lord called your name a green olive tree. Now look what the last part of the verse says. The branches of it are broken. Who is this green olive tree who has broken branches? Jeremiah 11, verse 17, the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Notice we have an olive tree who's the house of Israel and house of Judah and the branches of it are broken. How are these broken branches got to get mended? That's what Paul explains in Romans 11 through the redemptive work of Yeshua the Messiah. So in Jeremiah 11, we're talking about a literal house of Jacob consisting of a literal house of Israel and a literal house of Judah. In Romans 11, Paul explains through the redemptive work of Yeshua the Messiah how there are going to be a redeemed house of Jacob, those that believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, consisting of wild branches and natural branches. And what Paul explains in Romans chapter 11 is both the wild branches and the natural branches are grafted in. You know, what's been emphasized in traditional Christianity is the non-Jews been grafted in, which is true. But what we've missed is that the natural branches, when they believe, they are grafted in. In other words, all believers in Yeshua as the Messiah are grafted in. Romans 11 verse 17 tells us that the wild branches are grafted in, but only seven verses later, Romans 11 verse 24, we're told this, for if you were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and you were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? The next time you see a Jewish believer realize they're grafted in just like you. Why? God's not a respecter of persons. And so the process of grafting is called a scion or pronounce it Zion. Scion spelled S-C rather than Z-I-O-N. According to the Wikipedia Encyclopedia, the definition of it is grafting where the Zion is a detached shoot or twig containing buds from a woody plant. What is grafting? Grafting is a method of plant propagation widely used in horticulture where the tissues of one plant are encouraged to fuse with those of another. Grafting can only be done between reasonably closely related plants. In most cases one plant is selected for its root. Who's the root? Yeshua the Messiah. And this is called the stock. He's of the root of Jesse. Isaiah 11. The other plant is selected for the stems, leaves, or flowers and it's called the Zion. And who is selected as the, the branches? 
I am the vine, you are the branches. It is those who believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. Believers in Yeshua as the Messiah in traditional Christianity realize that when Yeshua died on the tree, he brought about a new covenant. But what they don't realize is that this new covenant was only made with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Jeremiah 31, 31. Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, which is repeated in Hebrews chapter 8, verse Verse 8, as it is written, for finding fault with them. I want you to notice who the God of Israel found fault with. Them. You know how it's preached in traditional Christianity? That he found fault with the law. The problem was the law, so he did away with the law. It doesn't say here that he found fault with the law. He found fault with them. What's the them that he found fault with? The hearts of the people. He found fault with their hearts, so he had to change their hearts by giving them a new heart through a renewed covenant. I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Romans 11, Paul is describing who ultimately are believers in Yeshua as the Messiah and it's also described as being an olive tree but because it's believers in Yeshua as the Messiah and his redemptive work it's the redeemed house of Jacob consisting of two branches the redeemed house of Israel and the redeemed house of Judah a Jewish believer their branch of the family of Messiah is the house of Judah a non-Jewish believer in Yeshua's Messiah is a part of the branch of the redeemed house of Israel which begs the question, who are the redeemed house of Israel or non-Jews or those that make up the non-Jewish part of the family of Yeshua as the Messiah? The prophecy is that the literal physical descendants of the northern kingdom would become believers in him. So because that prophecy has to be true, that means there has to be non-Jewish believers in Yeshua as the Messiah who are descended from the northern kingdom. But is every non-Jewish believer in Yeshua as Messiah descended from the northern kingdom? No. So therefore, non-Jewish believers in Yeshua as Messiah consist of those who are descended from the northern kingdom and those who are not. So would each non-Jewish believer in Yeshua as Messiah know if they are physically from the northern kingdom or from the general nations? They would not because you can't trace your genealogy back that far and prove it. So you wouldn't know. But does it make a difference? Well, as it pertains to being a part of Messiah's kingdom, no, it doesn't make a difference. But why doesn't it make a difference? Because the family of Messiah is a congregation of firstborn, which is not based upon genealogy. You don't get in Messiah's kingdom because who your parents are. It's be, you get into his kingdom because you're a believer in him. So 1 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 1 says, The birthright was given to the sons of Joseph, the sons of Israel, and genealogy is not to be reckoned after the birthright. And so believers in Yeshua as the Messiah, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, called the people of Zion or Mount Zion, they are called a church or a congregation of firstborn. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 23. So we have a literal house of Jacob and a redeemed house of Jacob. Does the literal house of Jacob believe that Yeshua is the Messiah? Well, some do. I know Jewish believers in Yeshua as Messiah, but most Jews don't believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. Well, what about those who believe that Yeshua is the Messiah? Do they believe that they should follow Torah? Well, some do those that do we call the messianic movement or the hebraic roots of christianity movement but most believers in yeshua's messiah don't believe that they should follow torah so the house of jacob is divided today because most of the literal house of jacob don't believe that yeshua is the messiah and most of those who believe he's the messiah don't believe that they should express their faith in him by following torah so how's this problem got to be resolved it's prophetically given to elijah it's the ministry of elijah that brings everything together matthew chapter 7 
17, verses 10 through 13, Yeshua was asked, Why is there a teaching that Elijah precedes the coming of the Messiah? Yeshua answered and said, Elijah truly shall first come and restore all things. Notice he's saying he will come in the future. Notice what he does. He restores. You know, you restore something that originally was, but something happened to it. But then you bring it back to how it was. How was it originally with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and those who were redeemed out of Egypt? They were given commandments at Mount Sinai. How is it now? Well, believers in Yeshua are not taught that they should follow Torah. But Elijah's got to come and bring the message of restoration. And when has he got to come? Right before Messiah's second coming. And so I'd like to submit to you, the ministry of Elijah is in the earth today. There is a voice being proclaimed in the earth today that believers in Yeshua should express their faith in him by following Torah because he is the lawgiver. And what we call those who are believing and understanding this, we call it the Hebraic roots of Christianity movement or the messianic movement and this is a sign that messiah is about to come and regather the exiles of israel but yeshua spoke about his first coming and said that elijah is come already that is john the baptist who came in the spirit and the power of elijah luke chapter 1 verse 17 but what is the ministry message of elijah in the end of days malachi chapter 4 verse 5 behold i send you elijah the prophet before the coming and great and dreadful day of the lord what do we call the coming and great and dreadful day of the lord the tribulation period but notice elijah's got to come before the tribulation period and what's his message his message is in malachi 4 4 remember the torah of moses elijah's got to proclaim remember the torah of moses and he's got to do it before the great and dreadful day of the lord this message or this aspect of what you're hearing so far in this presentation is an elijah ministry message so the house of jacob will be restored and united and the prophecy is in ezekiel 37 verse 16 son of man take one stick and write upon it now you see the word stick in the hebrew the word is eights and you know what the word eights means in hebrew tree so the prophecy is take one tree and write upon it for judah for the children of israel his companions but take another stick or tree and write upon it for joseph the stick of ephraim and all the house of israel his companions so he's to take two trees anyone have an idea what kind of a tree this is it's an olive tree and he says join them one and make them one tree or one olive tree and they will become one in your hand when this happens the return of the exiles back to the land of israel the prophetic place or this is one of the prophetic places because it's just not here but this is the major place where the return will be is found in ezekiel 37 verse 22 i will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of israel one nation in the land upon the mountains of israel you know what the western world and cnn calls the mountains of Israel? The West Bank. I want you to notice where the prophesied return of the exiles of Israel is to be. This is not the only place, but the main place. It's the mountains of Israel. And so in order for them to return, there has to be a law of return. The law of return is what the prophet said, what was prophesied in the scriptures. You know what has been so far the stumbling block of the creation of a PLO state? Why Yasser Arafat did not agree to a PLO state in 1999 when he met at Camp David with Ehud Barak, the then Prime Minister of Israel and President Bill Clinton, President of the United States at the time, is because there wasn't an agreement on the right of return that held up a PLO state. You see, what's got to happen is the nations of the world ultimately and the nation of Israel will agree on the right of return of the Palestinian to solve the problem in the Middle East. And you know, after the nations of the world agree to their right of return, which they never have a right of return, then he's got to be knocking on the door of the nations of the world and says, you know, it's time after 27 700 years for my 
people to return home. They've been exiled too long. Will you acknowledge their right of return? And you know what Pharaoh's got to say? A right of return? No, I don't acknowledge that. People that believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, that believe in the covenant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has got to go back to the Middle East? No, you're making the problems worse. We're not going to let you out of the country. If you want out of the country, you're going to have to get our permission. We won't let you go. So you know what the God of Israel says to Pharaoh? Oh, let me introduce to you who I am, and I'll show you my signs, wonders, and miracles, and you will let them go. So that's what's about to come. So once again, the prophecy in Ezekiel 37, verse 24, David, my servant, will be king over them. Well, that's going to conclude part four of the series on the subject, Hebraic Bible Prophecy. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.